Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name is Panos and today I have a question that's come in. It's been a while since we've done a Q&A. A question has come in from Kate and it's also a question that I get asked five to ten times a week um, in my day-to-day job of training dogs. But here it goes. My name's Kate. My nine-month-old Kelpie cross-border collie keeps ignoring my recall and to run up to other dogs to play. Help. What have I done wrong? You've probably done heaps of things wrong, Kate. No, I'm joking. There's some of the things here that we do now for a dog trainer. We think, oh my God, why would you do that? And to the everyday person, is like, this is what I do all the time. This is just a completely normal thing. So let's clear a few things up. Number one, your age of your dog. Not that it's the most important thing here, but know that these are the times where all of your foundational skills in puppy training and now as your dog progresses into ad- through adolescence and becoming an adult over the next year or two, this is where a lot of the habits and fundamentals that you're practicing in a day-to-day life come to reality and become behaviors that your dog performs regularly. So your habits are now going to become your dog's habits. So we need to fix your habits first. And around about that 8 to 10 months old is where you start to see big changes in our dogs. They start to become a little bit more confident. They start to show a little bit more of their true temperament. So now we're starting to get to know our dog a little bit better. And maybe it worked really well while... Now, I'm just assuming here. Let's make a few assumptions. 9-month-old dog, what a colleague, high energy, very energetic dog, obviously social, keeps running away from you, ignoring your recall. What have I done wrong? So, <clears throat> excuse me, and there is a fan in the background. So if there's a bit of a humming and, and it's disturbing your ears, I apologize, but it's really hot today. Anyway, so, well, I guess the first thing that's the biggest thing that you've done wrong is, and it hasn't, and the, the thing about you doing the wrong thing was probably with the right intentions of you trying to do the right thing. Because we say you've got to socialize your dog. You don't want your dog to be fear aggressive and to be insecure and to be timid around dogs. So we say socialize your dog as much as possible. However, what type of socialization are you giving your dog? If your dog has the ability to run away from you, that means that you have no leash on your dog. So every time that you're going to be exercising your dog outside of your house, your dog should be under effective control, always on a leash. Utilize a 10 meter long line, a long lead and have a good handle on it, and that way your dog can't run away from you. I think I've already solved your problem. But, (coughs) excuse me, but more on a pragmatic step. What is it that you need to do so that you become the number one thing for your dog? Why is it that your dog finds more fun and engagement playing with random dogs and playing with you? And the answer is because you over-socialize your dog by letting your dog constantly play with other dogs, and that becomes your favorite your dog's favorite pastime. So engagement and focus training is number one thing that you want to be 
focusing on as much as possible. Even before teaching recall and teaching your down command and teaching all your other cool tricks and behaviors, you must make sure that your dog digs you and is into you. So your dog has no off-leash, and this is for all dogs, there are no off-leash privileges until your dog can down and recall reliably in all circumstances. And that means that, that may mean that for my situation, I was able to have Chili off the lead around lots of other dogs and people in a, in a short period of time because, of course, Rachel, who, who raised him, did a good job at doing socialization and fundamentals in training. And the year and a bit that I've had him, I've had him under heavy control to begin with, lots of management. I made sure that all of his resources came from me, food and tugs and balls, so that those are the things that he found most exciting. So I only gave that to him through training. And I gradually started in a low distracting environment and slowly, slowly built it up to a place where there's lots of people, lots of dogs, birds and rabbits and what have you. So those are the things that he wanted to engage with, but he found that listening to me produced a better, more exciting reward, not even just getting a reward, but the game of the reward as well. So the engagement and the, and the, and the excitement came from me. So management is always number one. You want to make sure that your dog doesn't get reinforced for running away from you. Your dog runs away from you and ignores your recall. And we have to, we have to question how good your recall is in this circumstance ignores your recall, runs up to a dog and gets a play with another dog. Your dog got reinforced for running away from you. And if you know anything about reinforcement, it strengthens behavior and increases the likelihood of the behavior to happen again in the future and its frequency of that behavior. So you're teaching your dog to run away from you every time you have your dog off the leash. So stop over-socializing your dogs and no dog parks. Dog trainers don't like dog parks in, in, a, in a general sense because we see the negative outcomes and the consequences of that on a day-to-day basis. Fear, aggression, insecurity. I just saw a dog yesterday, Little Beagle. Happy days at the dog park. The last four times going there has, has been the one who's running up to dogs and biting them. And they said it was out of nowhere. And once I started to explain that your dog could have been bowled over a few times or perceived to have been attacked... And that's where that could have been the beginning of the behavior. And when I said that, they said, yes, actually, this and that happened. And that's, that was the time previous to when he started to show reactivity and aggression. And it all comes down to insecurity. So don't socialize your dog in a dog park because you're not doing yourself any favors. You can, in this case, and we've talked about this before, utilize the dog park by standing on the outside of the fenced area or down the the way a little bit from where the dogs are playing and utilize that as a distraction in your training. But remember, it's a distraction from your training and it's not the whole part of your training. So, make your training so fun for your dog that your dog doesn't have any other choice but to engage with you. Now, you have a very high drive dog, a Kelpie Cross Border Collie, for sure. Dog's gonna, I'm going to assume, has a high drive for the ball or for the tug either one of those or both. And you can make your dog highly food motivated, especially at this age, like, you know, he's young and growing, is that you utilize your food for your training. So you go to the park, you have your dog on the long lead, you practice your recalls. Now, if your recall is good enough that when you say come and your dog runs up to you and there's no distraction around, he does that 10 times times out of 10 in a row, you know he knows the command. When you're from the learning phase into the training phase. Training phase means your dog knows the command and now you're starting to 
train the command and the behavior to become more reliable over time. So what you want is two things. You want to go to an intermittent schedule of reinforcement. You call your dog 10 times and you may reward the first, the second, the fifth, the seventh, the eighth, the tenth. A completely random. Your dog doesn't know when he's going to get the reward. I would suggest if your dog likes the ball or the tug, you don't give it to him for free in the house. He doesn't just get it laying around. You take them all away. Take all of them out of his toy box. Take them everywhere. You put them in a, in a, in a spot where only you can access them. You have them in your pocket or you have it concealed on you. You give the command, especially when you're in the park, but you may need to practice this in the front yard or the backyard first. You, you practice your commands and have a marker to announce that you're going to reward the dog with the reward that you that your dog finds highly rewarding, tug, ball, and if it happens to be food, then use food. But here, in this case, and I'm going and you didn't specify if your dog does like like what type of reward he likes, but if it's the ball, and if you and, you, and if your dog's anything like my dog, and most working dogs, they should be quite addicted to that ball. You got to utilize that as a reward. Where a lot of the times when people have these issues with me, I'm in their backyard or in their house, and there's to- toys and balls and things scattered everywhere. And of course, your dog doesn't value anything because he's got it all already. Why should he work so hard for it? And then the novel thing becomes another dog, not the things that you have. So if your dog knows the command, you, you now need to reward intermittently. The second thing you need to do is you need to provide some sort of consequence for not doing the behavior. Hence why the long lead's on. You've got the long lead to manage your dog so he doesn't run away and get into danger. Because what if he runs up to another dog? You have no control over your dog and the other person's like, my dog's aggressive. Now you're screwed. Your dog's so far away from you running up to a dog that's about to bite him creates a bad experience. It's no good for nobody. So you've got that long lead on. Your dog starts to run away. You go through my YouTube channel, type in Nutris Pooch's name game on YouTube and find out what the name game is. Start with the name game. Apply a little bit of pressure on the leash and you say your dog's name. Your dog looks at you, your reward. Apply some pressure, your dog looks at you. This is the beginning of creating some some of the fundamentals of engagement and focus. You want your dog to respond to his name. The second thing you want to do from there is you apply a bit of pressure. You say, And when I say a little bit of pressure, I'm talking like a one out of 10. I'm talking a little tap on the leash. Tap on the leash, say your dog's name, and then when your dog's looking at you, you say the word come and, and utilize the appropriate gesture that your dog understands. Set them up for success. Make sure that your dog knows what you're asking. Now, if he looks at you and goes, no, nah, I'm not going. I'm going to run up to that dog over there. You can go hand over hand. You can drag your dog back in. If your dog does not know the recall, you said that your dog knows the recall. But if your dog doesn't know a recall, you must teach the recall first. You must have your dog under effective control and you're not letting your dog perform the behaviors you don't want. So again, remember, same the same, same across the whole board here. Try to simplify it. Don't overcomplicate it. Socialization is about being calm and to ignore dogs, not to be playing with them all the time. So if you can become exciting and valuable to your dog and dogs just happen to be other things in the environment and he gets to play from time to time when it's appropriate that sets him up for a bit more of a realistic expectation in life rather than just running up to every dog all the time having all of his fun so what i would suggest is you need to become more exciting so you're at home you're watching tv you're listening to this you're going to pause it right now you're going to go outside with your dog you're going to do a five minute training session and you're going to put him away put him in the backyard put him in his crate give him some time to chill for a bit bring him back out another half an hour, like bring him out after like half an hour or so. You've let that kind of ferment a little. You've gone outside, you do another training session, maybe an hour later. 
you go down the street, you practice a training session. This could be for his breakfast, his lunch, his dinner. This could be for the time that he gets his ball and his tug. So with Chili, he gets like four, five, six of these training sessions a day. Hence why when you see him, he looks so relaxed and chilled because he knows that there's windows of opportunity to be playing and to engage with me. I set him up as well when I start to see in the environment, oh, he's going to be triggered by that thing for sure. Tap, tap, ask him to come to me, work on my downstay, work on my middle. And sometimes I release him and we just continue walking. Just yesterday, we're at, I said, don't go to dog parks. We're in Sydney Park. We're on the outskirts of it. I was at a session right next door. So just before we got in the car, we thought I'd do a quick little training session, take the edge out of Chile. And it wasn't very popular to where I was, but there was two little cavoodles or, or, or some oodle breed. And as I was playing, the dog was barking at Chile. Chile looks at him. He's like, meh, whatever. Threw the ball back at me. We're doing our training. At the end of the training session, because in that moment, he's so into me that he couldn't care if there's a dog right there. I finish finished the session by telling him finished and as soon as he knows that he's like all right we're checked out we're not playing anymore he walks off and in that moment as he goes oh well, i'm gonna go suss that dog that's barking at me i'm like wait leave it and i'm like hey come back with me and he followed me and we continued walking there's been times as well where oh, what i could have also done there sorry is he could have run up to that dog or run towards that dog i'll go chilly come he would have come to me told him to down and i would have marked it pulled out the ball again and then threw it even though i just finished the session it doesn't mean that we're finished forever. The time that the opportunity for the ball will come is after I give another command. So even I say finished, he goes and walk off and I go, chilly come and he comes back to me and I hold it and I turn it down and I chop, mark it and then throw the ball. He'd be like, wow, that's awesome. I get my ball again and I get to improve that recall. If he was on the long lead, it'd be even easier. I could stop him. No, don't do that. Come back over to me. So there's many different ways that you can do it. But my main important thing here is that if you're letting him run away to other dogs, especially in this very important development time of his life, then you're setting yourself up for, and your dog up for failure for the future. So that's important. So, um, And the last point I have, and I've already said it, is utilize your food, your ball, and your tug as rewards, not just as something that you just give your dog for free. So, Kate, I hope this, and to other listeners, if this has been an issue for you, I hope this really does help you out. And um, of course, if you have any questions at all, please hit me up. I think the best way to, to message us is either a DM through Instagram, either on Life With Your Dog podcast or on NP Dog Training, my personal Instagram, um, or you can email us at lifewithyourdogpodcast at gmail.com. We also look at them regularly. We haven't had, a, we haven't had any questions in the, except for Kate for the last month or two, so Keep sending them in and we'll filter them in either where they come into longer form podcasts or shorter Q&As like here, but I do enjoy doing them and I do find that a lot of the questions that come in are questions that a lot of people have. So it does benefit many people as well. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, have a great day and enjoy the weekend. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, 
kizuna.com.au. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at kizuna k9training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.